welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. I am one of your many, 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 what? <laughs> I am one of two hosts. My name is Melanie, and with me is... I'm Danielle. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not awake yet. I have caffeine sitting here, which I've only took one sip of. Um, anyway... So hello, my little undead fishies, and welcome back to another week. We got a new uh, sort of interesting uh, thing we're going to do this week, and we'll get into that in a moment. Before we do, uh, we don't have any updates, correct? No, no updates this week. All right. So how about we just dive into it with a purge? Sure. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. All right. So le- let me tell you about my day. So... I went this morning to a village near Pendle Hill, which is very fitting since we're going to talk about witches. So um, over the summer, I did an internship at Pendle Hill. So I went back to do some filming, uh, be interviewed about what I'd done over the summer and things like that. So it was quite cool. So I was in witch country and that was cool. So I thought, oh, I'm going to be filming this afternoon. We're going to be talking about witchcraft and I'm, I'm in Pendle, which is fun. But it was absolutely pissing it down with rain and it wasn't very fun. So the things that I wanted to mention in my purge are, first of all, okay, well, let me tell you about this guy that I drove behind, right? Yeah. I come around a corner and we're, keep in mind that it is absolutely chucking it down with rain, like torrential rain. I come around a corner and there's a white minivan type, white van type of thing Mm -hmm. driving down the road at like five 10 miles an hour if that with its hazards on and i noticed that its front passenger wheel tire is shredded and he's driving down the road in the pissing down rain with a flat tire so it's going i could not believe it i thought is he just trying to get to like a safe space to pull over nope kept driving kept driving kept driving kept driving kept driving and we were behind him for probably about a mile and a half and i wonder how long he'd been down that road already yeah before he decided to pull over and i'm just thinking it's not worth it mate you're doing yeah. so much damage to your car you're doing so much damage to your wheels you're doing so much damage to your alignment you're doing like lo- loads of issues are going to be exacerbated by the fact that you're driving on a shredded tire yeah. and also it's simply not safe it is crush like crashing you down with rain when you've got three wheels mate like what are you doing oh and i just thought the idiocy of it so finally got past him anyway that's like part of my purge and then the next part is that uh we decided that we were gonna go to uh townley hall which is a really cool place um in burnley uh just to have a look around be nosy history it's got loads of really fun things we're gonna go back actually because we weren't able to stay for very long but we just wanted to get out for a little bit um and there's a mummy in their collection so i thought i'd a little bit of a shout back to the fact that the victorians really liked collecting shit so the townley family were no exception and they have a like loads of collections and there's a egyptian mummy along with sarcophagi like I want to say memorabilia, but you know that's not the right thing. But uh, what's the word like regale? Not regalia, but you know what I mean. Like all the bits that come along with her. <laughs> the mummy. bits and bobs, the mummy bits. Yes. So after this episode is up, I will post on Instagram the pictures that I took. Hell yeah. It's 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 yeah. <laughs> I could I just kept saying to Turner like uh 
we you know look, look, we're looking at these stolen things in the middle of this like fancy house so it's not stealing when white people do it because we have a gentleman's code when it comes to stealing <laughs> shit from other countries so it's not looting uh but essentially yeah there's like this poor m- mummy in her sarcophagi it's like not even her sarcophagi either it's a sarcophagus with like a random female mummy yeah but yeah there's loads of the uh black goo that is the the sort of mummy resin kind of thing in the uh in the sarcophagus but i'll post pictures about it afterwards but i left that room with a bit of white guilt um (laughs) (laughs) it's still there but and then you know met the idiot with a flat tire on the way out of town which was just horrendous but anyway so there's a couple of things there so earlier in the day today i i you know looked upon the face of a uh a stolen female egyptian yeah and on the rear end of an asshole idiot driving with three wheels it's been a bit of a mixed bag you've had an interesting day i sure have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> back on the motorway in the rain and all, all that oh my god and then i stepped in a puddle oh no yeah yeah that's one of those moments where it's just like when a day's already feeling maybe a little bit weird or not so great or kind of shitty and <clears throat> then you step in a puddle or a pile of mud and you're like fuck everything <laughs> i had more i just i had a strange reaction to it because i knew there was a puddle there and i started walking into the puddle it was one of those moments where i literally said out loud to turn it's deeper than you think it's gonna be <laughs> witnessed by many in the car park yeah no i totally thought it was just gonna be a shallow little puddle but no it was like f- four inches deep or something ridiculous <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm used not, to it, but you know, my I'm shoes. I'm not laughing are... at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. Danielle deliberately goes into puddle. Danielle gets feet wet. Danielle wonders what the fuck. So, you know. It'll be okay. But anyway, do you have anything? Uh, yeah. California's on fire again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hate it. It was one of those things where on Thursday I had the day off and my kids were in school and then after school they went straight over to grandma so she could help them with homework. So I was at I was home by myself for a long time, which doesn't happen very often. And usually it's really exciting, but I I heard the the Santa Ana winds just screaming through every window and it's just so fucking unsettling and all of a sudden I had like PTSD flashbacks of packing up everything that we we can think of that we might need just in case a fire comes out and it, it, I got real anxious my anxiety just was so bad and then Newberry Park caught fire which for those that don't know is actually fairly close to me and you know instant panic and then the uh the Saddle Ridge fire started and that one's further away but I mean, I thought all the fires were further away last year when when it happened, and all of a sudden, boof, it was right down the street, and we were evacuated. It's not last year, Melanie. It's still this year. Those fires that you were evacuated, that was this year. Well, no, we we got evacuated last October. Are you sure? I think. I'm fairly sure. Was there not one over the summer? Oh, baby, there are fires all year round. That's what I mean. I'm sure you guys were either evacuated or almost evacuated over the summer. Uh, not not over the summer. We we got evacuated last uh, 
fall. Okay. Um, but I, because particularly because of these fucking winds, Santa Ana winds, mm-hmm. that that just picks up an ember and drops it off a couple miles away, and then buff a whole new city's on fire. Uh, and it's just it's really really unsettling. Thank God, and and I I hate to make this really stereotypical post or post statement, but um thank God for the fucking firefighters because they were so on it this year. Mm. They were crazy on it this year. Just as soon as the wind hit, they're all like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is the likelihood of there being a fire is very high, and we're we're on it. So they've been containing this shit so quick. I'm I'm really impressed because last year was was crazy struggle, really scary. It's almost um, like when you trust professionals to do what they're best at doing, they can do it really well. It's just a miraculous thing, that isn't it's, it? It's amazing, but but I think particularly because the the anticipation was just there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was this this felt like the first time where they were like, this is something we cannot let happen again. Yeah. Um, They've yeah. listened to. Well, you know, like they've listened and learned and they've adapted, you know, which is good. I saw some video footage of them doing some technique where they were building up like piles. I, don't, I sort of watched at a glance, but they were like building up piles with their feet, like they were kicking things into like piles and it was helping yeah. to direct the fire in a certain way. And I thought, no, oh, the old techniques are the best, aren't they? Just <laughs> kick it, kick the fire. Just kick it. Just Fuck kick off. It. It'll eventually fuck off. <laughs> just yell at it. Yeah. But what what really is extra, I think this would be my particular purge, is the fucking garbage truck that started the Saddle Ridge fire. Is that what started it? Yeah, it was a garbage truck that had flaming garbage. The, the, the garbage in the truck was on fire. And there was a video of a guy pulling up next to the garbage truck saying, please don't do what I think you're going to do. And the guy's like, I don't know what to do. So he dumped his flaming fire and then poof, you know, what, 170,000 acres are now on fire. We've lost like almost 11 more or more homes. Two people are dead, you know, good times. So I'm angry. but oh, uh, It sucks when, when idiocy is so um catastrophically oh god i feel sorry for the guy because he's only just an idiot he's not malicious in his intent but he should be held responsible for god what do you do it's one stupid decision of your life and fuck well it's like right next to dry brush santa Ana wins like clearly not the fucking decision to make moron of the year absolutely You know, but you know, still not malicious intent, still no. not doing a criminal deed or whatever, like just being a, an idiot. Yeah. No. Uh, so that's my purge. <laughs> <laughs> all the white light going out to to everybody that's that's suffering and lost their homes, man. That that's terrifying and that blows. Super sorry. <laughs> All right, shall we breathe it out? Yeah, God. Yeah. Right. One, two, three. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, that my back cracked. Yeah, my back cracked too, and I did like a cough, and hmm, I feel like I've got some toxic stuff out of me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
That's what it's there for. All right. So like I mentioned before, our episode is going to go a little bit differently um, because our topic this week is... Magic. No, hold on. Witchcraft, <laughs> Wicca, magic. Witchcraft, <laughs> magic, Wicca, Wicca, magic, magic, witchcraft. Wicca. <laughs> we are going to touch on all three things and the reason why it's different this week is because i got lazy and i didn't do any research <laughs> <laughs> so i came up with a really cunning plan which was instead to interview melanie about her belief systems because she identifies as a witch which I thought would be quite interesting. You guys have probably heard, like, what witchcraft is and shit like that before. We will do, like, a little bit of background, but before we start, Melanie, is there anything you would like to say in regards to, like, a a caveat or a prologue or... Yes. So when you think about witches, you have this sort of... Everybody has a very different sort of specific idea of what that means. Um, I'm not here to offend anybody. Anything that I... Uh, talk about this is my own particular belief my own particular structure of faith um i consider myself pagan and pagan is a very umbrella term for a whole bunch of different sort of earth-based philosophies and religions um so there may be some things that i say that offend you i super apologize that is not my intention i'm very passionate about what i believe in um but again this is this is my perspective and every witch you will ever talk to will have a slightly different or shifted perspective on what this faith means to them and how they practice it. So this is me. Thanks, Melanie. (laughs) So before we start, we want to kind of define what form of witchcraft we're talking about. So we are talking about the pagan-rooted sort of folk magic-inspired witchcraft. So we get Wicca from that, we get uh, sort of different kinds of denominations of magical belief systems and things like that. But we're talking about the kind that comes specifically from like a European witchcraft um, base, um, probably particularly British witchcraft, really, but we'll get into that. Sort of yeah. European witchcraft and pagan folk magic roots are kind of all over Europe. It's an old religion that's been marginalized by. Um, well, whoever's the dominant culture, really, um, they're painted as uncivilized, primitive, and then um, the words evil gets thrown around as well. So usually persecuted by whoever is trying to uh, be in control, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you could be the Romans, the Catholics, the Roman Catholics, Republicans, anyone that would just consider anyone on the margins of normality or at least what they're preaching uh, they can ostracize in some way it is an old religion there are pagan practices that can be sort of traced back a few hundred years Mm -hmm. Um, people speculate that paganism has its roots in the neolithic i would argue that there's no evidence that that is the case as an archaeology student i can tell you that there really isn't much evidence in the way of paganism being a like you can't draw a straight line from the prehistory into paganism however there are uh interesting parallels and there are things within the prehistoric 
archaeological record that would make you think that they believed magical things were possible, that they were superstitious people, they had a different kind of faith system that we might understand today, which is kind of part of what I'm studying personally, is that kind of idea that paganism could possibly be rooted to old, old, old belief systems in Britain. Uh, but like I said, you can't draw a line. And obviously modern pagans have taken inspiration for many different religions and many different places, including um, Christianity, actually. But I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about that later. Uh, the stereotype of a witch that we know today has been largely created by people like William Shakespeare and other sort of fictional writers, that that cackling witch with the crooked nose kind of thing, that's really been created by uh, playwrights and poets and things mm. like that, even in the Roman times, really, witches were sort of depicted as like <laughs> elderly spinsters, poor, rural, weird kind of women um but um, and i will say women quite predominantly women especially in the stereotypes now we could get into the political reasons for that but like i said in other episodes i think that that's uh an avenue we'll explore later but it, in yeah. terms of the prosecution of witches in general it, it was definitely political and definitely religious and it was definitely fucked up uh, there were three well here's a little bit of historical background for you there were three waves of like a witch craze which resulted in a series of trials there was like one when James the first wrote demonology and then it died out there was a second one where just before the <laughs> English civil wars broke out and then it died away and then there was another one later which is when we hear about the witchfinder general and things but that's the third wave yeah. and within those three waves lots of mostly women persecuted and executed and that didn't uh, and the Atlantic Ocean didn't stop that it obviously happened over there in the United States as well you've got your Salem witches who are uh, arguably just as famous as the Pendle Witches are here. So if you've never heard of the Pendle Witches, to put it into context, the Pendle Witches are Britain's Salem Witches. Yeah. So that's how famous they are. <clears throat> and I live right up the road from where, where they were. And I have excavated on the site of what is believed to be the house of the Demdikes, which was one of the families involved. So I got witch cred. Anyway, nice. yeah. <laughs> I actually wear a little mini vase full of soil from the excavation. Nice. So in here is Malkin Tower soil. So this is That's where cool. I am a mix of contradictions. I'm an incredibly logical, incredibly scientifically minded person who doesn't um, believe in ghosts and things like that. But I'm incredibly sentimental and superstitious. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> the most bizarre things. Like I follow superstitious practices, even though I don't believe in them. It's really weird. <laughs> but this isn't the episode where we're interviewing me. This is the um, episode where we're interviewing you. Um, I think that pretty much gives us a little bit of background. I don't think we need to go too much into everybody. 
is probably going to be listening to loads of stuff about witch trials and and all that sort of stuff so this is our opportunity for people to get to know you a little bit melanie we'll do an episode later where people can get to know me a little bit um so you know get to know your ghost disease (laughs) so i'm just going to start uh with the question on everybody's lips melanie do you worship the devil i do no, I don't. I'm just joking. Um, so most most pagans will tell you that uh, the devil is a Christian concept. That is not something that is in our wheelhouse. Um, you know, to, to believe in the devil, to worship the devil would mean that we would have to believe in that Christian God, mm-hmm. which we don't. Um, at least most of us don't. We, we do, you do have Christian witches. That is actually a thing. Um, and I'm not discrediting that, but they definitely do not believe it. they definitely don't worship the devil. Mm. They, they still worship to God. Um, but no, I absolutely do not worship the devil. I have this, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till you, if you may have a question regarding this answer. So I'll, I'll wait on that one, but no. But basically isn't Satanism and witchcraft the same? Absolutely not. Satanism actually is really interesting because there's a few different sects of Satanism. For the most part, Satanists are actually atheists. Um, And worshipping Satan is almost sort of like a a gag Mm -hmm. um, or or a – it's more more for shock value or to say that worshipping this thing does not change anything. It's really about us doing the best we can in our lives. Now, you do have – Satanists that worship the devil, and they're actually a lot less common than you'd think. And it's not anywhere near as malicious as you would think either. But totally different practices. With with Satanism, you have a church, you have a gathering, and you have just a totally different sort of methodology to faith. With paganisms, it's really all about what we do to control our own environment. So it's all earth, mostly earth-based. Um, and there just really isn't that that sort of big deity like that. Okay. So from what I understand it, witches are referred to in the Bible, and therefore they are a biblical creation in terms of the literature of Christianity. James I wrote demonology based on his beliefs that he had established through his Catholic religion. Mm-hmm. So witches do exist in Christian literature. Yeah. So I think that's where people get confused because there's people going around calling themselves witches that are actually pagan. Um, and no one really knows where paganism came from. First of all, because it's kind of an appropriation of a lot of different sort of if you want to call it primitive belief systems. Yeah. I hate that term, but I think it gets the point across in terms of people that were um <laughs> Do people, I that, people that were people that weren't part of like this quote civilized world. Yeah. Um and they're the ones that have like the nipples and the things like that. So I, that leads me into my second question. Though you are clearly not a witch in the biblical sense, mm-hmm. do you have an animal familiar? <laughs> I would love to. My cat Phineas, he 
he emotionally bonds with me in a very, very real way. So when I'm working my magic or or doing a, a ritual or doing a thing, he's there with me. But my dear boy is such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he just doesn't have that connection. And and familiars in the sense that what we think of familiars uh, is that sort of cartoony. It's a it's a demon in an animal's body aiding us in our magic. Mm-hmm. That's not what we have. What we have are are pets that bond with us and and only ever help to put us in the best place possibly mentally and emotionally um, to make the best magic. So in a sense he is, but he does. He's just really dim. (laughs) (laughs) I always sort of think of it as if you're an old lady and you're all on your own, you don't want to be all on your own. So you start keeping pets and you might keep weird pets. You might have a couple cats, but you might also have like a crow and like you might have like a stoat or something that you keep because you just don't want to be on your own. And it puts you in a nice headspace being surrounded by animals. And that's been misconstrued as you know a woman or you know like as a witch surrounding herself with her witch's familiars well there's not only that it's i mean absolutely you had a a lot of the 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 quote-unquote witches of the Mm. olden days Mm. um yeah they they lived on the outskirts they were usually spinsters and they were um you know on their own so company yes cat ladies duh um but also on the same token like i said we're we're earth-based so we are all about nature and the animals and the plants and the moon and the water and and all of that so we we make it a point to communicate with everything we can we sing to our plants and we talk to the birds and and any any creature or life that's near us and it seems to be receptive to love and good mojo um we're going to try and communicate with so to see a lady talking to a bird in the middle of the woods, you probably think, okay, this bird is either going to be a demon that's talking back to her, or uh, she's just like a crazy lady talking to birds. And, and that that second one might be a little bit closer to the truth, but still, yeah. I mean, that's just what we what we do. I talk to, you know, like I'd mentioned the hummingbirds in a couple episodes before. Um, I'm not actually expecting them to have a real conversation with me, but when they get up all close to my face and they just sit there buzzing right in my face, I'm like, what's up, bro? <laughs> you know, you just kind of, yeah. we make those communications. And that's also just a human thing in general. We we do it whether we recognize it or not. Oh, yeah, I talked to the animals. Definite. I said hello to a moth the other day. Nice. I was like, I literally went, hello, moth, and waited for it to respond. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to obviously set you up with questions that are deliberately there for you to break stereotypes so the next one uh is do you have to use a cauldron to mix your magical potions and cast your spells no but cauldrons are preferred i mean there's there's a lot of sort of in in our faith we like to sort of how do i put this the 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 components and the minerals and and everything that we use we try to use with very specific intention so when you have a cauldron whether it's cast iron or pewter or or whatever this thing is there for this very specific purpose so to have a cauldron to 
<clears throat> to stir your uh, uh, spells in or to, to use whatever for, because of the intention of that thing, um, it makes it a very special thing. So I don't use one, but I also don't spell craft the way that a lot of other witches do. Um, but if I were to use actual spells and do uh, like potions and things like that, absolutely, I would use a cauldron. What is an example of a spell that you might make? Uh, in a cauldron? Yes. Um, so I would most likely use a cauldron because I don't do wet spells. <laughs> I don't do potions. <laughs> Just because I don't trust myself not to poison myself. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Is that um, because you're using ingredients that might do harm? Um, it's because I I trust my intuition. I don't have spell books. I mean, I do have spell books. I don't really use them. Um, but I go with my gut and I go with my intuition when it comes to making things or, or making spells. So I would probably use more like a mortar and pestle type thing. To grind and mix herbs for poppets, um, which are like healing. It's the the healing equivalent to a voodoo doll, mm-hmm. <clears throat> where you mix herbs and you put it into a a human shaped like pillow, and that's to to help people with sleeping, with healing, with whatever. Side note: you cannot do those on somebody who is not anticipating them. They will not work, or they could cause harm. So you only ever use a poppet if the other person is uh, you know Consenting. excited. Consenting. Thank you. That's the word. <laughs> but that's that's something I would use a cauldron for, just for mixing uh, powders and, and herbs. Okay. What kind of spells do you prefer to cast? Me, personally, I'm all about intention work. So, going to Terry Pratchett here for a second. There's one of his books, and I can't remember which book it is. Which, which makes me feel terrible right now. But at one point, there's this university of wizards, right? And they need to summon death to talk to him. And so all the wizards are out in this courtyard, and they've, they made this huge elaborate display with symbols on the ground and candles and all this crazy stuff. And uh, death is sitting there next to the head wizard and he goes, is all of this really necessary? And the main wizard goes, no, but it makes them feel better. So a lot of spell work, I kind of feel is sort of like that. Um, if if that's what it takes for you to get into the right position to cast most effectively, then do it. I've been doing this for so long that I really don't need a whole lot of foofara to mm-hmm. to get me in the right headspace to to put my intention out there to make my magic. Um, only real spells that I do anymore is um, blessing water at the moon at full moons. Um, using crystals and stuff like that, and that's just so I can anoint myself with my my magic water every day for my my daily intentions. So, what's the difference between what you're doing, like what what determines what you're doing as a magic casting versus just a superstitious ritual? Nothing really. They're both very they're very similar. What what's the, the difference is the intention. Superstitions usually come from a place of fear. Not right? necessarily. Well, yeah, no, not necessarily. I mean, you horseshoe over the door for good luck, things like yeah. that. But but <clears throat> a lot of it comes from things being outside of your control. So you're kind of preventing against bad luck, or or trying to bring in bad luck in case there's bad luck coming. Um, whereas with magic, it's just kind of like, I create this for me. Um, the the intention is a lot more strong and it's a a lot more strong willed 
than proactive than... versus reactive. Exactly. Okay. What are your personal limits in terms of casting spells? How far will you go? I will never cast on anybody who doesn't want it or isn't aware of it. Okay. That's 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 where um I don't like to really classify anything as white magic or dark magic or or gray magic. It's all magic, but when when you start casting on people or for even for people in a in a good way, if they're not anticipating it, if they're not um the consenting, like you said, mm. then it just goes wrong. Suddenly you're filled with an emotion that was not yours to begin with and it's very jarring. Um and it's, it just has totally opposite effect. Is it possible to curse somebody? Yes. But the the trick to making that work is telling them that they're cursed. Okay. Um, so you know what I mean? Like I said with the uh, Witch's Curses episode, mm-hmm. 90% of the reason that even works is because the people believe that they're cursed and they sort of give up taking responsibility for anything that bad that happens yeah it's kind of like what we were talking about in the mommies episode well not the mommies but the the cursed tombs episode Mm -hmm. that shit keeps happening but does it really have anything to do with the curse yeah so if you tell somebody they're cursed and you look like you're real serious about it or if you hold up like some amulet and be like (laughs) oh you are so fucked right now they're gonna like even if they don't even believe it they're still gonna that's sitting there in the back of their mind so suddenly they stub their toe and just like oh my god it's the curse the humans humans are really really interesting because we have this thing called free will and we have so many opportunities and so much great brain power but we are so malleable and that's what makes witches uh potentially the greatest con men right well jumping from that are there like in christian-based religions they have a set of rules that they have to abide by are there any rules in witchcraft Technically, no. Um, But with Wicca and with a couple of other uh, pagan practices, there's this one kind of credo that we stick to, which is do what thou wilt and harm none. Mm -hmm. That's probably the closest to a rule that we have. Do whatever you want. Just don't hurt anybody. Okay. And that's a general, that's pretty much the majority of people who would identify as as a pagan and a Wiccan. Mm-hmm. what's a Wiccan then if you're not a Wiccan do you mind saying so I used to practice Wicca and and it it really wasn't for me because it's a lot more structured than I prefer so Wicca was actually invented in the early 1900s I believe your neck of the your neck of the woods mm-hmm. um not, not even early I think it was like 1940s or something like that um this this dude I should have written it down. I meant to write it down. I woke up at six this, six this morning to write it down and uh, kept sleeping. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, it was invented in your neck of the woods and it became really actually popular in like the 70s through the 90s is sort of the rise of Wicca. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again, it's earth based. It's uh, the main sort of deity or goddess or focus of energy is the moon which is like strong feminine energy. It's a very strong feminine uh, uh, religion. Um, And actually it was only just recently recognized 
was in 2007, the military finally was able to to say, okay, if the Wiccan dies in battle, we can put the the Wiccan pentacle on the on the tombstones. Um, but that, yeah, that was only in, t- in 2007. Up until then, eh, they didn't really want to recognize it so much. Speaking about the pentacle, if Wiccans use that as their symbol, like Christians use a cross, is it sim- do you, and you use it also? How can both all tell the difference between a pagan and a Wiccan? Um, the, the, with the pentacle, there's no difference. Um, and technically, Wiccans are pagans. Like I said before, pagan is a really just umbrella term. So under the pagan umbrella term, you have Wiccans, you have um, uh, you have got like the the more Romany magic. You have just a mostly Western practice, but you also have like I think even Buddhism falls under that. They have Taoism. Uh, you have Eastern philosophies that fall under pagan. Paganism really is just means not Christian and earth based. I was waiting for you to say that because basically pagan is a term that's used in history just basically to term someone who's not who's not Christian, which is yeah. exactly right. So I was hoping you would make the point that I wouldn't have to. So I'm glad. Um, <laughs> what do you think about um, the new generation of Wiccans and the Instagram generation with the aesthetic witch? Pretty mm-hmm. girls with pink hair and eyeliner and glitter, calling themselves witches, having baths with nice fancy lavender bath bombs and all that jazz. I follow lots of them on Instagram. I mean no disrespect, but I'd like to know, as somebody who practices the religion, what you think of it. I think it's excellent. There's there's actually been a... Fucking hell, Melanie. Just be grumpy about something. (laughs) Oh, oh, I got got a little little thing written down. I'm going to piss off some witches later. Okay. Okay. All right, go. But yeah, the reason I I don't have a problem with it is, okay, so right now we have this big, big flare-up in um, paganism. Um, And the last time we saw a a rise this quick and meteoric was uh, during um, the Vietnam War. So usually at, at times of huge crisis, like with a with a big war or when people are really really angry at white men, um, women take it into themselves just to to find as much power and strength as they can. And unfortunately, and again, I'm not trying. I really don't ever want to feel want people to feel like I'm shitting on other religions. I actually have so much love for Christianity and I have a lot of love for every other religion out there. As long as you're not hurting anybody or being a dick, I love it. Faith is faith, and it's a beautiful thing. But with a lot of these religions, they are more male-centered. There's not a whole lot of focus on female empowerment. And where with Wicca in particular, it's all about women empowerment. Man, this is like the Spice Girls of religions. Just so fucking... you would say that it's a feminist movement. Absolutely. Mm. But shrouded by the, um, I would say superficial uh makeup of western culture yeah because to me that's what it is i think that kind of hits it it's feminism light feminism but sexy feminism but oh it's not going to do you any harm because look how pretty i am and i'm going to go and i'm going to buy all this glitter and i'm going to call myself a witch you know there's a little bit of that well see the, the reason that i'm not mad about instagram 
the the insta witches the reason i'm not mad about this is because um people see it maybe young girl sees it is not feeling particularly powerful and sees this girl that's being weird or extra or other and is so fucking empowered and is rocking this whole witch attitude and maybe she wants to look into it so like i like i said my shop i i sell a lot of metaphysical things so i get a lot of young kids that are just sort of trying to figure out what it means what it is um i saw this model and she was talking about like lavender and i just wanted to know like what do you have to say about it so i'll tell them and suddenly these kids walk away with a whole lot more information and they're feeling really empowered and like they really got something cool to look into and do so if it's a means of spreading the word and it's not again not hurting anybody thumbs up i'm not trying to be contrary but I actually feel quite passionate about this particular yeah. thing. Um, I think personally that it is going to do a lot of harm because I think that it's just a new way to manipulate the outsider girls because the Insta witches are airbrushed and filtered and done up to the you know, up to the eyebrows with expensive products that typically people can't do every morning when they get up. You know, they are the new supermodels, but they are specifically targeting outcast, misunderstood, vulnerable girls. Mm-hmm. And I just, it breaks my heart because I know that if I'd have been 14 and that these girls, these instant Instagram influencers, if you will, had been on my wavelength, I would have I would have been a part of that. I would have been a part of that for sure. And I probably would have been absolutely miserable because I couldn't look like them and I couldn't have the things that they had and I couldn't buy a cauldron or a portal and you know, a pestle a pestle and mortar. You know, and I just think it's it's just it's a little bit scary because at the same time I agree with you when you say that they're spreading a more positive message. It's more empowering. But then, you know, people might argue that porn stars do the same thing and page three models do the same thing. They are, you know, there are people that are empowered and there are people that are in control, but so many aren't and so Mm -hmm. many are exploited. So it's it's really hard for me to balance that. So I wanted to address that question because I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of people see witchy culture on instagram and i just kind of wanted to give you the opportunity to say that that's not anything like the kind of witchcraft that you practice or it's completely brand spanking new that they're making that up as they go along okay so yeah no that's that's true i mean a lot of people but again i can't get mad at it if it's if it's making people wonder what it's about um and and but with the models, I mean, models have been making us feel like shit for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. That's just it's just what they've always done. But um, these ones are specifically targeting a, a a genre of women. You know what I mean? I, it's not your typical girls that these people are after. Mm-hmm. It's well, the people no, like we were. Yeah, I know. But do you know what I would have given for a proper witchy model when I was a kid? <laughs> But because, I know because you're, you're trying to balance that, I absolutely agree. Because it means that we're being seen, mm-hmm. and and it means that we are a a recognized part of society, whereas that was not something that was going on 20 years ago. 
we had we had the craft and that was really all we had looked up to everyone our age was doing light as a feather stiff as a board oh, yeah. none of us could be half as cute as Feruza Balk <laughs> and you know that was just sort of the life we lived and we just did the best of what we could with the limited amount of cute witches um that were Willow. in the limelight huh and then Willow and then, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know who, why I just shouted randomly the word Willow is uh, she's a character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Very, very cute witch. Yeah, sort of probably the only reason to watch it for a certain amount of time. Melanie yeah. and I both like it now. We didn't like it at the time. Yeah, yeah, we hated <laughs> it at the time. Anybody who mentioned it at the time was just like, oh my God, you're an idiot. But now we love it and no regrets. Anyway, I'm sorry that I got like a little sidetracked there. Oh, I I don't know the answer to that. Do you know? I don't believe in dualisms. I don't believe that things are either right or they're wrong. I think that yeah. there are shades within there are there are spectrum, you know, within everything. And this insta witch is it's a good way of putting it is a a, a a topic which I could probably talk to you hours about because I bounce both ways. I yeah. really do. I I can't tell you whether or not. I think that it's a good thing or a bad thing because I don't think that sh- anything should be good or bad. Things yeah. can be both good and bad at the same time. I suppose that's kind of magic in general, really, because magic is could be intended to do good and then accidentally do do harm. Is that yeah. possible? Yeah. Can you accidentally do harm to someone by casting a spell? Absolutely. Um, and again, so much of it comes from intention. This is this is my number one word. Uh, when it comes to my practice is intention. Um, and I'm going to go on like a really cheesy rant for a second. Uh, you ever read The Secret? No, but I okay. know what the cover looks like. It's got melting wax, doesn't it? Yeah, the big old melting S. red wax, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't read it either, but I watched the movie many, many, many years ago. <laughs> um, and the the guiding principle is, is that the words that we choose are very, very, very important. So if I'm feeling particularly frumpy and unattractive or whatever, you know, a couple years ago, my first thought would be like, God, I wish I wasn't so fat. And and then for the rest of the day, I'm just feeling like shit. But the whole thing with, the, with intention, with, seek, with the secret, for lack of a better sort of uh, like code word for you, mm-hmm. um, is to choose your words very carefully. So if you're feeling frumpy and and unattractive, instead of saying what you wish you weren't feeling, is to say what you want to feel, but say it as if it's true. So when I'm feeling not so great, I'm like, it's all right, I'm I'm sexy. You know, I've got this, I'm cute, I'm cute, whatever. And I'm not, it's not even that I even really believe in it, but by saying that, I'm, my brain just immediately is less focused on, how unattractive I feel and more towards how can I feel as attractive as I'm saying I'm feeling. That's been taken on by the well-being community as well, because mindfulness and well-being practices include talking about your intention out loud and Mm -hmm. using positive language. I've been through CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, three times. And in each instance, they talk about this positive thinking, this intention speaking. So when you are feeling shit do not talk about how shit you feel or how negative you are against yourself you're supposed to turn every thought negative thought that you have into a positive and it is incredibly difficult it is incredibly difficult and it takes a lot of practice but i've gotten real good at it 
by really making sure that I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, occasionally, yeah, I'll have a bad day or I'm like, God, I feel like shit. And you know what? Guess what? For the rest of that day, I feel like shit. Mm. But this is just this is also like just common fucking psychology. I mean, some random person you've never met in your entire life ever before walks up to you and says, you are a fat, ugly piece of shit. You will never see this person again. This person plays no role in your life. You will feel like what they said for the rest of your day, at least for the rest of your day. As I say, for the rest of my life. Yeah, that will carry with you for a very long time. But if some random person you've never seen before, will never see again, walks up to you and says, my God, you're beautiful. You want to cry. You feel so good. And that will, even if you don't believe it, even if you just want to be like, you're lying, you will feel better. There's something about it that just really boosts your, your spirit up. So if some random person you've never met before can have that effect on you, just imagine how much you could have that effect on you by saying these things out loud to yourself. And the trick is to say it out loud because hearing it is what makes the difference. Not saying it, but hearing it. And how does this relate to accidentally causing harm with a spell? So the reason I I brought that up is that if you're doing a spell on someone's behalf and you use the wrong language... The some people say deities, the God, whatever. I, I just say the universe because it seems like just a great universal term. Okay. <laughs> the universe is energy and energy is just responsive and blue, blue, blue. Um, the universe picks up on the words that you say. So like if you say I'm not going to be late for work, the word the universe is hearing the word late. Um, if you say. Uh, this person will no longer have cancer. If you put a spell out, you know, this person will no longer have cancer. It will not be effective because you've included the illness into the the spell. Okay, so you want to turn negative language into a positive language. Mm -hmm. So your entire emphasis has to be on healing, healthy, recovery, happy, joy, comfort, things like that health those are the one the words that you need to focus on that's the intention you need to focus on if you focus on uh she won't die you know you're only sort of putting that energy a little bit closer to them which can be detrimental okay cool a couple more and this one i'm sure that everybody listening has been waiting for me to ask this question melanie have you ever masturbated with a broomstick no no i have not because uh, witches are meant to do that, apparently. <laughs> I, you know, it it would have to be a vibrating broomstick, and those just aren't really common common pl- practice. There's actually a cartoon going around at the moment of a naked witch getting on a broomstick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like got a motor on it, so she goes, so she she like turns it on, and it's like a motorized broomstick, and she goes, wow, that's really vibrating. And she, like, gets on it and flies away. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. But, anyway. Oh, it's the cackle. I actually thought you'd laugh at that. The long pause is, is not what I expected. The stereo... I just want to put this out there. The stereotype of uh, witches having broomsticks comes from uh, this idea. And this is true. The idea that this rumor was spread, I think it was probably during the first wave of witch craze that that the witches used to like coat their uh, broomsticks with hallucinogenic drugs 
Yeah. And then like masturbate with them and it would make them trip. And that's why the term like flying on a broomstick, where that came from. Like they didn't actually fly, but it's been taken in folklore to mean that they actually fly around on broomsticks. But it was actually that they used to like shove broomsticks up their bits with crushed up mushrooms on it to have a trip. Well, I mean, that does sound like a good time. I mean, what, you know, you can't go wrong. Why not, man? Impale yourself. (laughs) Get some eyes. Oh, shit. (laughs) Anyway, anyone can. I'm pretty sure that that's where the root of that particular belief came from. But there's a few different kind of reasons why broomsticks are so associated with witches. I mean, there was the. um, Some people believed that uh, witches would go out into the fields with their brooms and jump up and down. And that was actually a way to sort of like, uh, particularly around fall, uh, no, around spring, to sort of encourage the plants to grow as as the witches leap higher. That's where they want the the plants, their their crops to grow to, to that height. No, they're just masturbating with their broomsticks. They're, they're just high as fuck, yeah. In a field. <laughs> but also, but I mean, brooms are are common tools for witches and superstitions to have. It's literally just because they're common tools for women. Yes. <laughs> That's literally it. But I mean, it's like... Gendered, when... It is a gendered artifact, as I would call it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we, we do, when we want to sweep negative energy out of our house, not only will we go through and sage our home, but then after that, we'll go with a broom from the back of the house to the front, and that's sort of sweeping out stagnant energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that would I, I would suspect comes from this, the old conning people, conning folk religion. Mm-hmm. Not really. The conning folk beliefs. Practice. So I would imagine, like, you know, you're a peasant in, like, 1690, and you go to your local conning person and you say, oh, I'm having lots of bad luck. Can they tell you, sweep your house from back to front, mm-hmm. and when you get at the front, stick a horseshoe at, on it. Yeah. And this little charm here, and you'll brush out all of your bad luck, and you'll stop it from going coming back in again if you hang this. Oh, and don't trape your boots into the house because your boots will bring the bad luck in. Yeah. And that's where we get superstitions like leave your boots at the door and things like that because actually it's just practical. You don't want to bring mud into the house when you've just swept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so just to sort of wrap up, is there anything that you really didn't get a chance to say that you'd like people to know about your belief systems? Well, surprisingly enough, there's actually uh, quite a bit, but um, you know, we like we we had mentioned in private conversations that we'll we'll probably keep this topic up, maybe separated into a few more smaller categories. Yeah. Um. But one thing that I really want to bring up, and this this is where I, I fear I may upset some witches uh, in my community. Bring it on. Empaths. Okay. So we know what empathy is. We know what sympathy is. For those that don't really know the difference, let me go into a little thing real quick. Sympathy and empathy both have Greek origins. Pathos meaning the experience of feeling or suffering. Sim or sin uh, for sympathy means with or close to. So with or close to the feeling of suffering or or uh, emotion. Um, empathy uh, has the, the prefix M or N, which means in or within. So it's more like in the feeling, in the sympathy, or in the emotion with you. So 
So sympathy allows you to make a surface level acknowledgement of someone else's situation. We can all do that. Somebody's hurting. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like I'm, I'm here with you. I, I hear you. I feel you. Um, I value you. It allows you to connect and have compassion without compromising your own emotional state of mind. It's to, to feel with someone. Empathy is much more visceral. It's a strong emotional response to someone else's situation. It's the taking on of someone else's emotion and feeling it as if it were your own. This is something that you can practice. This is something that you can uh, do. More people are likely to have an empathic response if you have a sort of shared experience. If somebody has been through a traumatic experience like rape and, and you have a similar experience and, and they're telling you the thing, you feel it with them. That's an empathic response. It's, it's much mm -hmm. more than just base sympathy. Here's where I get bitchy. Where I work, I get a lot of people that are just sort of getting into Wicca, witchcraft, and, and stone healing stones and things like that. And they, <laughs> I hear this almost every day. Oh, my God, I'm such an empath. I'm such an empath. And it's irritating to me because to be empathic is very, very different from being an empath. An empath is a type of witch, and it is a very specific and very unfortunate way to be. It's a much harder path than most other things. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not a practice. It's not something that you train to be. It's something that it's like a, a for lack of a better word, like a power that is innate in certain kinds of witches. I'm an empath. And I say that cringing because of all the fucking people I hear telling me that they're empaths. So when someone tells you they're an empath, that means that they can feel every emotion of everyone near them. Most people can't. I mean, you, you, the human brain, we pick up on signs. If somebody looks sad, it's very easy to assume they're probably sad. And it's very easy to go, um, I, I see their sadness, so I'm going to feel their sadness with them and, and be in that moment with them, regardless of what you're actually picking up or knowing their story. But an actual empath is somebody who genuinely, genuinely does pick up on the energy of almost everybody around them. And th this is where we can be really great con men is uh, a lot of the times we're just reading the signs of people, like I said before, with body language, um, with specific words used, special, specific ticks in the face, things that just tell us a lot about a person without them having to say much. Or also really using... The technique of cold reading as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, a, a good, proper, learned witch that's been doing this for a really long time can read people instantly. And a lot of that just comes from cold reading, just from, from reading a person's uh, mannerisms. I've done that. I've spent an evening with not our group of friends, but when I had like a separate group of people that I was hanging out with. I named them, but I don't really want to name them or whatever. But I spent an entire evening cold reading people and they thought I was psychic by the end of the night. And I'm like, yeah. going, no, listen to me. I am cold reading you. I'm using the techniques that I have been taught in terms of like, I read a book. On yeah. I read a book, one book. <laughs> and I was able to spend an entire evening entertaining people. And by the end of it, they were like, no, we think that you might be psychic and not realize it. And I was like, no, I'm cold reading you. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I'm reading your Twitches. I'm saying things that are generic that you think are specific. I'm following these routes that you are leading me down. I am doing nothing but reading you. I am not 
I am not psychic. There's mm-hmm. no such thing. <laughs> Melanie disputes. But anyway, go. Um, I I only dispute a little bit only because of my own my own experiences and, yes. and whatnot. Um, I would never claim I will never sit here and claim that I am psychic. I am not a full blown psychic. What I am is empathic, which means that I can walk into a room blindfolded, not be seeing these tics or mannerisms or anything else that's giving away a situation and feel that emotion instantly. Mm-hmm. Um that's the closest to psychic as I'll claim to be. It's I, I I call myself an energy reader and I don't mean to sound like super cheesy about it, but it's true. I read <laughs> energies. Okay. Fine. It's but I do. What's my energy telling you right now? <laughs> that you wanna roll your eyes at me. <laughs> if I wanna roll my eyes at you, Melanie, I just do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not actually rolling my eyes because she knows that I don't think that. Because unlike other people, I can actually coexist in this world with people I don't have the same beliefs with. Oh my god. Yeah. Melanie and I do not share the same superstitious beliefs. Holy shit. But we're best friends. We're best friends. God, you would think (laughs) in this world, can Spock and Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer be friends? Oh, yes. I bet they could. Yes, they can. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Spock would teach Willow things, and Willow would teach Spock things, and Spock would get more in touch with his human side, and Willow would stop crying so much. Yeah, it would be beautiful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so so my my big beef here is is everybody claiming to be an empath, not really understanding what that means. Like, oh my god, being an empath is such a burden. It really yeah. is. It's it a false really... term at the moment, I think, for yeah. people to, yeah. When when even, like, I, I, I didn't really need to research it, but I was just like, you know, just on a technical term, on in a technical way, with the difference between empathy and sympathy, blah, blah, blah. I came across, like, 50 fucking articles, 10 signs that you might be an empath. And you read these articles, and... Dude, anybody who reads them is going to walk away going, oh, my God, I'm such an empath. Yeah. And I hate that. It's infuriating as somebody that genuinely is in this practice, as somebody that genuinely fucking suffers this. It's it's like a it's like a mental disorder. It hurts. It hurts a lot. If somebody walks in and they're in emotional pain, it takes everything in my power not to be actively sobbing on them. I was going to say, like, the majority of people in this world are not walking around with a happy smiley feeling around them most people are grumpy and annoyed and don't want to be where they are so if you're picking up off the personal energies all the fucking time you're going to spend your life miserable it's it's extremely overwhelming and it took a lot of practice to to be okay now i mean i i think that's a lot of the reason why i was just such a a heinous wreck as a teenager is I couldn't deal with my own stuff, much less all the emotions I was picking up on everybody else. I was mm-hmm. I was torn up. But now, I mean, I can walk down. Uh, I've I've developed this ability to to sort of I have my wall up, but it's not a wall keeping myself in. It's keeping other stuff out because I like to just throw my my own mojo all over everybody. So my my wall is not up in that way, but it, it is I got this nice barricade, this nice screen door to to keep the flies of other people's stuff off of me for the most part mm. um 
but that came from years of practice and it is not fun. So please, please, if you're listening and, and you consider yourself a practitioner or a Wiccan, anything, and you tell me that you're an empath, please understand that this is not a fun thing. This is not something that you want to be. Empathetic, to have an em empathic response is a beautiful thing. To have that sort of ability to relate to and really be in there with in a moment with somebody and help them through it is a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful skill set that you can cultivate. Do that. But to be an actual empath means that you don't have a barrier between your own emotions and other people's. And it's extremely overwhelming. And it's something that it takes practice to actively stop where uh, rather than the other way around that's that's my little <sighs> no I, I had a very similar run if you remember when I started to talk about people using the term science when they're talking about pseudoscience yeah so it, it's it, language is important the words that we use is important and the fact that people are throwing around a word that has an established definition that people understand within your practice to mean a certain thing it is important that everybody gets on board and uses those terms properly or else the term itself will have to change or the definition of it will need to change. And the people that actually are currently consider themselves empathic will have to come up with a new title yeah. because everyone's waltzing around calling themselves empathic. Yeah. And, um, and the uh, another downside is like somebody that's probably a really great person and is just getting into it and just learning some stuff and could really use somebody to bounce kind of ideas off of. As soon as you tell me you're an empath, my first response is just like you are so stupid, and I and I hate that. I like I have to turn that off because I I feel bad even thinking it. But it's just like you don't know what you're talking about. You barely just learned what an amethyst does. Don't tell me that you're an empath. Like mm. please. Yeah, I have the same arguments about you know. Come on, come on. <laughs> just mine comes from a different place. My pedancies. Yeah. Pedanticisms. <laughs> no, I can, I get, I get wound up as well. Um, okay, one final question, and then we'll wrap it up. Hey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> I would uh, sacrifice a chicken. No, I wouldn't. I would I would light some sage for a can for a Klondike bar. I'd light a candle for a Klondike bar. Okay. <laughs> no, genuinely, what spell would you cast if you wanted a Klondike bar? Because it's an entirely selfish act. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. So actually, it's a cleverer question than you think. Okay. What would I and do? And for my uh, for any listeners li listening on my side of the pond, there is an ad campaign in America for a type of ice cream treat called a Klondike bar that they sing. What would you do for a Klondike bar? And then people say stupid things like, "I would hop on one foot for seventy-two days. I'd stand on my head." <laughs> so, it's a little bit of pop culture, you know, rigging, ribbing. But then also, what would Melanie do for a Klondike bar? Would she cast a spell for one? Would she recognize it as the self-serving thing that it is? But it is self-care, and it's only ice cream. What and would it's she only do? Ice cream. So what I would probably do is I would not get specific about the type of chocolatey ice cream thing. <laughs> yeah, and I would sit in front of my altar and I say, I see myself holding and tasting vanilla ice cream 
and chocolate, hard chocolate shell. And I would just sit there and focus on that in front of my candles, in front of my incense, say, I will see this, I will feel this happening by the end of the day. You will manifest it. I will manifest it. Get and then oh, by the end of the day, the universe, if it was listening, will bring you in some way into close proximity with a Klondike bar. Well, and well, okay. <laughs> the thing with manifesting, all right, the thing with <laughs> manifesting things is that by manifesting things, what it does is it not, doesn't so much like put things to you, like it doesn't give things to you. And that was the one thing that really kind of bothered me with the secret. It's just like, just say what you want and it'll come to you. That's not how it works. What it does is that by saying these words, by saying these intentions and, and manifesting these certain things, by saying them, your brain hearing them suddenly makes you put together the right path to take to get the things that you want. I know, that's literally what I was going to say. It's like, you, you've done that in the morning. You've gone, right, I'm going to taste this delicious vanilla ice cream. Hard, blah, blah, blah. And then about three o'clock in the afternoon, you're driving home from work and then you go, I'm just going to pop into 7-Eleven, get some cigarettes. And while you're in 7-Eleven, you go, oh, do you know, I really fancy something cold. You can go to the freezer section and they go, like, holy shit, look, Klondike bars. I'm totally getting one. And you get mm-hmm. a Klondike bar. And then you remember, oh my God, this morning I manifested the intention that I was going to have ice cream and here it is thanks universe my magic works but actually it was just a series of events it's all made place by your psychology yeah yeah and that's (laughs) i mean and and that's what sort of differentiates me from a lot of other witches a lot of other witches do the whole they do the rituals they do the spells they call the corners they they have their covens for me i i personally I, like I said, I don't need all that foo for up. What I prefer to do is set my intentions and just trust that by setting them, I'll figure out how to get what I want. Um, yeah, well, there's not very much difference between your faith and your belief systems than somebody who is following this new wellness and mindfulness movement because yeah. that is all what it is it's about manifestation it's about intention it's about speak thinking positively doing no harm doing things that are good for your body you know reading energies and 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 meditating and you know being one with with your animals and the ditch universe and all of that <laughs> you know come on it's pretty similar yeah no no it's, it's very similar and and that's why it's kind of like it's it's fun to, the main reason I call myself witch, and, and most people who follow pagan practices don't call themselves witches yeah. because of the stigma of it. Um, yeah, because witch is the word witch, the, the term witch and the thing that witches are was what I was talking about earlier, is that biblical Satan demon worshipping female. Yeah. And even biblically, I was reading like a couple stories of witches in the Bible. They were all just soothsayers. They were just fortune uh, uh, tellers that... that gave people news they didn't like to hear yeah like the witches in Macbeth. yeah uh yeah but there's this one story in the bible where it was just a witch just a uh, guy went to a witch said hey what's gonna happen she says uh you and your son are gonna die and he goes i don't like that and then his son died and then he killed himself so, oh that witch did that no she just told you something you didn't like to hear <laughs> Well, Sorry. I mean, that is definitely something we can. So we talked about um, spread, split, uh, splitting up this topic into lots of like subdivisions. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably talk off the air about that. But like a couple of them would be like witches in the Bible, 
wicker in general and things like that so we can actually go into things more specifically i just thought this was a sweet opportunity for people to learn about you and your belief systems so that maybe it contextualizes your where you're coming from in the future episodes really yeah yeah so because i'm i'm not i'm not the the sort of hoity-toity big old fancy witch i'm i'm just a very very practical witch who bases pretty much everything that i believe in on psychology and the way the brain works and the way that humans work um like like a con man (laughs) (laughs) but i'm conning myself into being a better version of myself hey what oh my god that's cheesy (laughs) um Psychics and stuff are already on the list, by the way. So we'll 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 group empaths into there with them yeah. if you want. So okay. Melanie, shall we call it a day? I think we shall. So if you have any questions for me, a witch, you know, we can have like an ask a witch segment or we can have an <laughs> ask an archaeologist segment. If you have any questions for either of us, we can throw into some mini-sodes or just throw at the ends or beginnings of other episodes in the future. If you have any other topics that you'd like to bring up, if you want to just say, you're going to hell, please don't do that, actually. Don't, don't do that no. at all. No. Don't um, be a dick. Don't be a dick. But, uh... If you want to do all of those, aside from being a dick, you can hit us up on our social medias, which are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. You can also hit us up on our email, zombiefishbowl at gmail.com. This is Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. I always fuck that up. It's got podcast in it in the email. Zombiefishbowlpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. If you have any stories or anything that you want to tell us from any of our previous episodes, we'd gladly read them on the air. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And yeah, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those fun things. So if you can give us some stars, some likes, some uh, reviews, spread the word, give us kisses, we'd love it. Yes, please. Um, before I start on the random topic picker, I just want to let you guys know that we've so far had one vote for whether or not we do a Halloween-themed episode as close to Halloween as possible. So the deadline is October 20th, if you want to get in touch with us, to let us know if you think we should do a Halloween-themed episode. And by Halloween-themed episode, we mean roots and origins of the Halloween holiday of Halloween. So we'll talk about... The history of Halloween. All Hallows' Eve and everything like that. Let us know by October 20th. So far, we have one vote in favour of. Yeah, we got two votes in a message too. I'm counting the Instagram message. Oh, okay. So I don't know where your other two votes came from. Oh, uh, that was for that was her and her girl, her girlfriend. Oh yeah, that just counts as two. Yes, that counts as two. Beep. Beep. Right. So I'm <laughs> gonna do a random topic now. All right. Random topic picker. Random topic picker. You're a random topic picker. I'm trying out a new one. That was hot. Holy shit, Melanie. You're going to love it. What is it? Satanic cults. Hey! Wee! Good <laughs> grief. <laughs> that, is, that is suitably Halloween-y, but, uh, but not over-the-top Halloween-y. That's good. Yeah, no, I like it. Melanie, did yeah. you get a quote? I forgot to get a quote. Okay. Mm, I'm okay. sorry. 
Okay. But All right. I did want to sort of end it on a sort of um, do what thou wilt and harm none, as I will it, so mote it be. That works. Yeah. Fantastic. It's like the mantra of Melanie's. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the like quote across the back of your book, right? Pretty much. Nice one. Cool. So everybody, they're little undead fishies. Thank you so much for listening. We're having a good time and uh, can't wait to talk to you about some Satanists. Oh, that's going to be awesome. And in the meantime, don't forget, don't panic. (laughs) I don't think I'm ever going to get used to that.